on this week's episode of The Fizz, we touch on NFL Week 1. We cover college. We talk about the bets. I went to the Lions game, so I talk about all the crazy assholes that were downtown. It's a wild one. It's a good one. After that, we get into simple questions, complex answers, and then close it out with a little over-under. But before we do get into all of that, I do want to let you guys know that we are opening with five good minutes. Now, if you don't remember me explaining this on the last show, uh, five good minutes is where listeners like you will get to hear me talk about something for five minutes or less or more. This topic could range from sports to marketing, pop culture, anything in between. Um, This week, I want to talk about two things that are completely unrelated. And that first item is Dos Equis, the beer, the Mexican beer that you guys may have known. They have recently changed their marketing campaign for the first time since 2006. I looked it up because I knew that they had the same ad campaign for a long time, and now they've recently changed it. So you guys probably remember Dos Equis as the most interesting man in the world. And if you don't, essentially what the ads were was uh, an older gentleman, silver fox looking guy, guy looked like a legend, looked like a, a grizzled vet. They would talk about a scenario that he had been in. Um... And it was something that he had done in his life. And his famous tagline was, um, I don't always drink beer, but when I do, I prefer Dos Equis. And the ads were a hit. And they were such a hit that they went on for 15 plus years. Um, So that has recently changed. But before they got to where they are right now with the full change, they tried to like tweak and modernize it to kind of fit, I don't know, a new direction. They replaced the most interesting man in the world with like a younger looking guy for a while. And then they changed the slogan to a most interesting beer. So it was kind of like a play on of the old ad, but it just kind of lost its oomph. It was kind of like the D list version of the most interesting man in the world. And the guy they got was just like younger and not as like legendary looking. So they kind of fell flat on its face. But I noticed this weekend, they finally ripped the whole cord out of the most interesting man thing. And now they are going with get a dose. So like get a dose of positivity, get a dose of friendship, get a dose of college football. I don't know. I find that shit interesting. And I always think it's funny when brands come to term with like, hey, it's time to get rid of the legendary ad we had. Some people, they know how to keep adapting. I mean, Flow has been around for progressive forever. The Gecko Geico guy, the Geico Gecko has been around forever as well. And it just kind of keeps working for them. The interesting man thing just wasn't working for Dos Equis anymore, and they it was time they made a change, and they finally did. So I found that kind of interesting. In other news, like I said, completely unrelated, I stumbled across an article today where they mentioned uh, the woolly mammoth is to be brought back from extinct- extinction after scientists receive funding. So millions of dollars have been raised to bring back the woolly mammoth from extinction. So... In this article I found here on um, unilad.co.uk, the large animal went extinct 10,000 years ago, but now there's hope he will be making a return. Scientists announced today uh, how much money had been raised by bioscience and genetic company Colossal to fund the mammoth revival efforts. Apparently talks of the woolly mammoth uh, coming back from the dead have been going on for the best part of a decade, with scientists hoping to make an elephant mammoth hybrid using lab made embryos that carry mammoth DNA. So it's going to be like uh, elephant with hair, essentially. That's kind of what a mammoth is, but yeah, they're going to try to blend these things too. And it's going to help bring back, uh, what is it? There's something in danger that they're trying to help out. Yeah. This could help Asian elephants, conservation efforts, 
conservation efforts as the large mammals are currently classed as endangered. So I thought that was pretty insane and futuristic. And it was something that I just wanted to fill you guys in. But so now that you know about Dos Equis new marketing campaign and, you know, the woolly mammoth is making a comeback, I think it's time to get into the fizz. Chomp with straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then pop models. Uh -huh. Chomp with straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Hello and welcome to episode 64 of The Fizz. Hello everyone, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate you being here a day late this time due to technical and scheduling difficulties. Hey, we're all working men here. We got stuff going on. So we're sorry we're a day late, but we're here and we are excited. I am here with my co-host, J.U. J.U., say hi to everyone. Hi, everyone. There he is. And Chandler Nash. Chandler, say hello to everyone. Hello to everyone. Perfect. Perfect. Well, hey, guys, we are packing a lot into this electric 60 minutes. So we are going to jump right into it. And the biggest news, obviously, we're all football guys. We're all here because of football. J.U. played a little bit in the league. Me and Chandler are just as good as athletes as him. So we all get it. We've all been there. <laughs> We've all had the same type of athletic career. NFL, football is officially back because NFL week one is under our belts. So now we are off and running. And what an exciting week it was. I am so excited to take a deep dive into this. It was a lot of great games that was played. A lot of people won money, and I'm sure a lot of people lost money this past week. But, hey, you have another 16 weeks to recoup because they added that extra week in there for us degenerates. It's, it, it, go ahead, Chandler. Yeah, and real quick, if you followed the guys on the Fizz, you definitely made money last week after our stellar professional picks. Um, but I'm excited to hear about your fun and exciting Detroit Lions, J.U., Oh, yeah. Units on units on units if you followed the Fizz. Yeah, but I want to know about Frank. Frank went to the game. Oh, God. So he, he had some great pictures that he posted on there. Um, I want to know what the atmosphere was like in there. Football is officially back in the city of Detroit. Last year, I understand some other teams had a couple Pete fans here and there. The Lions had no fans. And now this is the first sniff of professional football. What was the atmosphere like? Take me from when you woke up in the morning, yeah. how did you feel your drive to the stadium, yeah. the tailgate yeah. walking in? How was everything? Yeah. You know, head to toe, just high level, it, like football is back in the Motor City and everyone was excited. The city was a buzz. The city was a blaze. You know, I woke up in the morning. I mean, I know this team isn't going to be good. There is literally no expectations for this team outside of a top five pick. And I got the butterflies. You know, I was like so excited to head down to Ford Field, got super juiced, everything you would think. And, you know, you walk through Greek Town, the whole place is buzzing. That whole area around Ford Field is buzzing. The only thing not buzzing because it's not going on is Eastern Market. And that's a whole nother conversation in and of itself. The fact that there's no tailgates there is, is absolutely egregious. It makes absolutely no sense because they're not saving the world. I mean, there is, you know, there's 65,000 people still packing Ford Field a couple streets over, all you're doing is hurting the local business. But I digress on that. Everyone was out to play. 
every Lions character you can think of, all the psychos, all the all the big fans. I mean, you saw Dan Campbell jerseys. You, you had the people with the painted faces. Uh, Mama Lion was out there carrying her, her big mama belly or big lion belly. She's nuts. Chief and Sigs. Tailgates were hot. The fans were buzzing. It was exciting. So the tailgate was probably the best part. Was probably the best part. Usually is. Yeah. So we were running a little late getting in there. Me and my buddy got in. We we're all juiced up, you know, 12 beers before kick type deal. And we had to sprint from the door, weave through the crowd, get in our seats because we wanted to see that opening kick. Um, atmosphere was like electric, but I did feel the crowd. There was like a different type of juice in the stands, you know, like Chandler, the last game you ever went to is, was that Jets home opener uh you know with the patricia era and that was an era we believed we could win this one i believe was just more pure excitement to be part of a crowd again and to be back downtown with people without masks without the covid just you know hanging out so that's how it felt going in there the biggest note that i had of the fans and the crowd there a lot of red a lot of red i don't know how it looked on tv a lot of red out there it looked like there was some some uh, 49ers fans in there. And 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 what were you seeing? What was your gauge on these 49ers fans, Frank? Were they traveling from San Francisco? Were they just rooting for the Lions to get a high draft pick so they threw a red shirt on? Or were they that, hey, I need a second team and I'm going to latch out of the 49ers type of fans? You know, like scanning the crowd, you know, I was taking a look. I'd say about 30% red was out there. Seriously, big number, way more than I would have ever thought, especially for a West Coast team. And a lot of these people I looked at, there was definitely some Cali stars out there, you know, that were just in town, had some money, wanted to go to game one. Um, but you could definitely smell a lot of just suburban Detroit on these individuals. There was a lot of folks out there from the surrounding areas that just have decided San Fran is their team or they like one single player on it or whatever the case may be, they hate the Lions. And I hate those people. Those people stink that just choose to root for a different team because they like them. Probably never been to the state of California. There was a lot of that going on for sure. But, yeah, I mean, every, you know, fans come from all walks of life, all areas of places. You never know where they come from. But let's jump into the game now. You know, I thought – I'm going to go in here first. I told you guys, like, I'm still sticking with my prediction that the Lions will make the playoffs. Nice. I'm still sticking with oh. my prediction that Swift is going to make the Pro Bowl. I'm adding – I'm going – jumping on your bandwagon, Frank, of Hawkinson. That dude's a freaking well, monster. Yeah. Absolute monster. He played well. Swift played well. Swift is elusive. Once you get the ball in his hands in space, that guy's going to go off. I'm telling you, he's a hidden gem for the Lions. Um, you know, and I understand people from the outside looking and they're going to sit and say, well, the game was out of hand till the end there. But it's still professional football. Both teams still pay their players to play. That one interception, that pick six, I'm telling you, that's it right there because the Lions they're fun they're going to be a fun team to watch they're going to scrap they're going to claw they're going to be in games just like this throughout and that's what it's going to take that those fans that are coming in you said it was 30 percent San Francisco fans they're going to need to erase that 30 percent so they can be that 12th man to cheer these guys on and root these guys on yeah I mean there was a point in the game golf was quieting them down and it was like well they're not going to 
they're not going to do that because it's it's all San Fran. The whole stadium <laughs> is San Fran. I mean, it reminds me of that Jets game again that you were at Chandler. Like, remember remember that shot on ESPN? The whole crowd's oh, yeah. J E T S Jets Jets Jets, and it's fucking in the middle of Ford Field. It's nuts, man. It's nuts. And, yeah, you know. But uh, you know, piggybacking off Ju, I don't think it was all bad, Frank. To be honest with you, uh, Panay Sewell, great first game on the left side. Lions still non-committal about keeping them on the left side when Taylor Decker gets back, which just blows my mind. Even Nick Bosa, top five DN in the league, gave him props after the game and even mentioned how, hey, he looked comfortable. He looked great on that left side. Pro Football Focus ranked him as the top rookie offensive lineman this week. So, you know what? Through all the bad things we saw, bright spot was Panay Sewell this past week. Yeah, yeah they're, I, they're, not, they're not coming. They're not going to keep him on there because it's going to cost them more money in, in his second contract if he's on that left side. It's true. Yeah, and that's why we're a bad organization because God <laughs> forbid it costs more money if it makes the team better. Like I just, you know, like we won't give the million back to fucking Calvin. I mean, that's just. I read the quote today from the offensive line coach on the Lions. I have no idea what his name is, and he said we've had no conversations about moving Penne over to the left side full time when Decker is back. I don't know what you're doing. This is your first pick. This is the face of your regime. Fucking keep him on the left. He's good there. Build the confidence. Find a new right or put Decker over there or trade him. Because who cares? Nothing matters this year. The points are made up. The rules are made up and the points don't matter this year. It does matter. It's a playoff push they're going to make. It does <laughs> matter. But You're sick. You're sick. You know, with, with, with the good, there was the bad. Oh, God. Yeah, there was. Um, <laughs> Okuda goes down. See ya forever. Bye-bye. I think he's done. I think he's not coming back from that one. I just, I don't want that injury for him. I'm not, I would never, ever root for that injury on anyone, but the start he's had and that injury to a cornerback at that position, I just, it's, he's got fresh start written all over him. Yeah. You, you feel bad for a guy like that. You know, he, he didn't ask to be picked third. He didn't ask to have those expectations. He didn't ask for Justin Herbert who was picked two picks after him to start blowing up and make that pick look that much worse. But to have an Achilles injury, which is one of your most pivotal parts as a cornerback to cut, to stop, to go. I just, I don't know. I don't see how he can come back as a cornerback. Hopefully he can come back as a safety and a contributing safety to this team. What do you got there, J.U.? Looks like you're ready to kill us both. Well, I'm saying you're, you're saying he didn't ask for that spotlight. Fuck yeah, he asked for that spotlight. You chose to, you play the game at that level. You chose to sacrifice, you know, your childhood, your college, your high school, your college, everything like that. You want that spotlight. You want that attention. I think the Lions fans are the reason he's not as successful as he is now. You're sick. You're sick. That's not Blame true at all. That's not true at all. Blame the fans for your lack of success on the field. That'll that'll go well if he drops that in a press conference. <laughs> um, where I want your input, Ju, big time here is we in the vein of Okuda. We saw uh, Coach Pleasant bitch him out. Right? You've you've seen that clip. It's all over the internet. You saw him hug him after. Blah blah blah. I've gone seen different opinions on social media. Glover Quinn especially has been going in on Coach Pleasant for yelling at Okuda, said he doesn't care that he hugged him. They're professionals, shouldn't act like that, unacceptable. Want to know your thoughts as an ex-professional athlete. How did you feel about that whole scenario, top to bottom? I love it. I think, um, you know, that's a coach's job. If you go in, you're an athlete, you have a relationship with your coach, you tell a coach. I, I remember going to my coach, I told him, 
coach me hard, but coach me fair. That's the thing. And I told coaches told me I will be your biggest fan and I will be your biggest critic. You can't be a coach and just, you know, when the times are good, high five in them. You got to get into the ass. Some guys, that's what it takes to motivate them on the field. And yes, everybody's livelihood is on the line at that level. It's not just a player's livelihood. It's the coach's livelihood, their families, everything. They want to be successful just as bad as the player does. So yes, that's the coach's job to get in his ass, rip him. At the end of the day, you slap him on the ass, you give him a hug, you tell him you love him and let's get better the next time. It's a shame that Akuda had to get hurt, you know, after all this. And I'm sure if he was available for a press conference, that's nothing new. It was just some, something that happened to be captured on TV. But yes, that's a coach coaching with passion. As Lions fans, you should fucking applaud that coach for giving his all, you know, still in the game, still coaching this guy, giving a damn about the guy having success on the field. It's not all about, you know, the guy being successful and stuff like that. It's about growing him as a player. You learn this when you're a kid playing sports, you respect your coach. You go from there. You listen to what they say. If they have your best interest at heart, I'm sure it goes both ways. So definitely I'm all for, I I see no issue with that whatsoever. That coach is passionate. That's a great coach. And you should be happy to have him in your organization. Cause he gives a damn. I love it too. And I mean, it's like just what you said, like his, he's got a job to do too. You know, he, you know, you scream and do your job a hundred times at him, but I, I was all for it. And I'm glad you had the same take because Glover Quinn on social media is just going ham that it was, it was the wrong thing to do. And I was very curious how you thought about it, but I, I mean, you know, I I loved it. It's just kind of like, we're all state guys. We've seen Izzo like (laughs) fucking borderline choke his players out and then they turn, they turn around and, you know, score the next five points. So I love it. I mean, the only people that don't like it, the only former players that don't like it, you're going to see those are going to be high marquee guys, big name guys that feel they're bigger than the team in some way, shape or form. And that's the issue. No, and that coach put him, put Akuda in his I don't give a damn if you're a first round pick. I don't give a damn if you're top five overall. You're here. You have 53, 52 other guys on this Saturday that's dependent on you to do your job because everyone else is. Football is the ultimate team sport. It takes 11 guys to work together for five seconds to get one play right. And if one person messes it up, it affects all 11 guys on the field. So that's why it is. I had a coach tell me, he looked me dead in the eyes. He said, J.U., I will fire you before you fire me. (laughs) that's fucking cash yeah do your job i love it i mean i fucking love it yeah fucking i love it bitch him out fucking your third overall pick you're getting dust not to mention you're just getting toasted every play let's just at the bottom line you're just getting you're getting run up and down the fucking court here jeff okuda took your third overall all right that is what we have the well the last guy we got to touch on here because he's got to be mentioned here is jared goff my opinion, you know, the stat line looks great. 340 yards, whatever it is, three TDs, you know, passer ratings good. Stat line looks fine, but if you watch that game, he made the big mistake. We lost that game in the last two minutes of the first half there. He throws the pick six when, like, he would have been better off turning around and throwing it out of the back of the end zone. Throws the pick six, and then somehow, some way, they get the ball back and kick three more at the end. That was just 10 points at the end that just was the ultimate kick in the dick, and you just watched – all the blue and silver from the stadium deplete 
to the, the concourse, obviously it was halftime, but then just stay at the bars and then leave the stadium. But that was the big mistake. And that's the big mistake you can't make. That was my biggest takeaway from golf. Um, I don't know what you guys saw. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. I mean, we've seen quarterbacks in the past and even recently be able to pad the stats and maybe not have as much substance. Yeah. I'm talking about you, Matt Stafford. You can throw shade at us. We'll throw it back at you. But with that <laughs> 38 completions for J Jared Goff this weekend, 16 to Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift. Mm -hmm. He was checking it down. The Rams, or excuse me, the Rams. I got him on my mind now. The yeah. 49ers were playing prevent defense. He was given or taking what they were given, but nonetheless, it looked a lot better on paper than on tape. Yeah, I agree 100%. I thought Goff played a subpar game. The thing that I was impressed with, um, he did check it down because I was always told you never go broke taking a profit. Um, so he did that. Um, but there were times, you know, when you said, like you said, Frank, throw throw it out of the third and the second row in the stands. Don't throw a pick six. Don't take a sack. You know, live to play another down. And he didn't do that. Middle and, of the field to a linebacker with no right. time left. And we saw that the defense wasn't stopping anything. So you can't give away points on the – we can't give away points on the offensive side because we're going to give them up on the defensive side. But I think, though, to put a bow on this here, I think it's going to gel. I think they're going to be all right. I, I like the innovation of Anthony Lynn that he's going to come out with. He's just learning the players, learning what Goff likes. He knows he likes his check downs. There's gonna, you're going to see a lot more screens. You're going to see a lot more um, wow, crossing more routes and yeah. everything like that. You're going to see that. A lot of check downs. It's going to be okay. It's okay if you win a game 17-10. The highlight of the game for me to actually put a ball on this, because I'm in charge, just kidding, uh, is <laughs> that me and my buddies, all four of us, we had TJ Hawkinson uh, touchdown prop. And when he scored that first touchdown, we went berserk. And the game was still, like, in reach. So that was the peak of the game for me. The low point was definitely the pick six. And then after that, everything gets real foggy, because I was on my, like, you know, 19th beer. So – that is the Lions recap. That's how it went. Now let's move into uh, week one of the NFL. You guys are going to lead the charge here because I was drunk at Ford Field. I didn't get to watch Red Zone and watch every game like I normally do. I'm so excited for week two. I'm not going back to Ford Field this year. I got my game out of the way. I can't miss as much football as I did being at Ford Field. I need to be in front of this TV. So week one, overreactions, takeaways, whichever one of you guys wants to go first. What are we looking at? Sure. I'll go ahead first. So, um, you know, my biggest overreaction to week one is that the Tennessee Titans will not make the playoffs. Um, this was wow. a team that added Julio Jones to a team that was in the playoffs last year. They have a top three running back in the league and they got fucking killed by the, the Arizona Cardinals. Taylor Lewan gave up five sacks to Chandler Jones. Nice. The offensive line gave up nine sacks total to the Arizona Cardinals and the offense looked anemic against a decent Arizona Cardinals defense by only putting up 13 points. So my big overreaction in week one is in a tough AFC, the Tennessee Titans didn't look good and they're not going to make the playoffs playing like that. Smoky, smoky, yeah. hot. <laughs> Muy caliente. <laughs> I love it. I fucking love it. I love yeah. the take. Cause I wasn't big on the Cardinals either. And I, I mean, I couldn't believe they got, they got their asses whooped at home. Titans were, uh, people love the Titans this year. Yeah. Yeah. My big overreaction came actually on the Thursday game. I like Dallas. Yeah. That was nuts. 
I know, I know. I said Washington. I said the football team is going to win the NFC East. And I'm you, taking that back. Who'd you bet on Thursday? I bet on um, Tampa Bay. Oh, yeah. Remember you were yeah. texting us, raise the cannons, shoot the flags, whatever the fire fuck. Fire the cannons. Yeah, fire my ass. Yeah. Remember yeah. all that? Yeah. yeah I like, I I like money. I like money. Yeah, I do. Yeah. But yeah, so Apparently that's not. why I'm learning. That's why I'm learning. You know, like they said, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, can't get fooled again. <laughs> I, there's an old saying in te- Texas, in Texas too, Tennessee. The, yeah, I love the Cowboys. Cowboys are going to win the AFC East. Their defense looks great. Persons flying all over the field. And Dak Prescott was slinging the shit out of the pickle on, on Thursday. Is, is, did Dak come back better? Is he better than he was before that injury? Like, I, I knew he was a good quarterback. That Maybe that's the best most I've ever watched. Chris Collinsworth here. Maybe, you know, maybe I didn't I haven't watched enough football to know he's a good quarterback. But uh, he, was, uh, he was fucking unbelievable. He didn't miss a, miss a beat. Oh, he was great. He was absolutely great. He did exactly what they asked him to do. He he showed no favoritism to the shoulder, no favoritism to the ankle. Everything is back in place. Once they get everyone's like saying, oh, my God, Zeke didn't get going. They didn't need Zeke. That was not a, the game plan. The well, run was not there. The, I OK, I'll agree with that. But man, Zeke surprised me how slow he looked and the one play they really could have used him was the option to him on the goal line. And he got stood up by a cornerback that was my size with a stand-up tackle, which blew my mind. The, the Zeke I know just either knocks that guy right down or he shakes him. And he just got, he got beat there. I didn't think Zeke looked good at all, but then again, he did like Tony Pollard, you know, like they just couldn't run it. And they never got him in rhythm. You know, they didn't give him mm-hmm. many touches. He never really got into rhythm. And before we flip it over to you, Frank, J.U., are you sure you don't want to, Take my G-men to win the NFC East here this year? I'm going to throw it because they're going to lose tonight. Oh, wow. All right. My biggest overreaction, and it's probably not even an overreaction, but I'm. it's right now. The NFC North is the worst division in football. I mean, it's the – it's what the fuck happened week one? Oh, my God. Holy embarrassing. Lions still tied for first after that with the most points scored. So – are we in first? Are, yeah, uh, I don't know how that works. I don't know how it works if it's just dead tied. Is it points for? Is it points against? It's normally head to head, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, that's that's the worst division in sports. The the Bears, the Bears who Ju thought uh, was going to cover, and we did agree, but that was his official pick. You know, they they didn't come close. They just got their dicks kicked in. Minnesota, y- yikes! Uh, another one. Kirk Cousins, great stat line, fucking horrible game. Uh, lose to the Bengals, and then uh, what the fuck happened with Green Bay and Jacksonville? That was insanity. It's the it's the Drew Brees effect, teaching Jabbo how to take what's given to him, and Winston carved up Green Bay's defense. Rodgers gets benched at the end. Love it. I just want friction within Green Bay. I want that continuous cat fight going back and forth, throwing shade at each other. I want that this whole year. So that's why I hope Green Bay has an up and down season. Well, if you want up and down, holy shit, you're about to get it uh, for Monday night because the NFL is cruel. They are evil and they treat Detroit like shit. They knew this would all happen. And the fact that they gave Detroit a Monday night game in Lambeau after Rogers arguably most embarrassing loss of his career is just so cruel. It's just so cruel. Whatever the line is on that game. Last time I checked, it was 11. 
you got to take it. I don't ever bet against any Detroit teams. I don't bet against the Lions, Tigers, Pistons, Red Wings, Spartans, none of that. But man, if you guys like money, this is, I just think Green Bay at home, prime time in Lambeau, extra day of rest. I think Green Bay is going to beat the fucking doors off of Detroit on Monday night in front of everybody. Yeah. Not not so fast, my friend. Not so fast. It's Monday night. The the Lions are going to be juiced. All eyes on them. No. Motor City Dan's going to be ready to go get the guys fired up. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It's going to be a lot closer than you think it will be. Rogers, Roger in Rogers' career, nothing gets him back on track. Just like beating the shit out of Detroit in prime time at Lambeau. And this is it. The NFL knew this was all going to happen. They know everything. And they're like, yeah, let's just show the world how ass Detroit is. It's going to suck. And they're going to talk about Stafford somehow more than the Lions. <laughs> it's going to be a massacre, Frank. Take Devontae Adams over player prop. That's all I got to say on this topic. Yeah, you tell me. That, yeah, they're going to they're going to hand it to Aaron Jones more than five times that week. I promise. <laughs> I promise you that. All right. Another thing, another takeaways I had, just some notes from last week. You know, the difference here on the Fizz is we like to address the things we said the week before. You know, you're watching ESPN, you watch all these other programs. They just, they have these hot takes for for one minute entertainment, and then there's no accountability the following week. I have to bring up the things that I was just completely wrong about. Uh, I said the Philadelphia Eagles would be the worst team in the NFL, um, and they decide to just beat the fucking doors off the Atlanta Falcons. Now the Atlanta Falcons aren't a good team. That was still a road game. And I still thought Atlanta, you know, seven and nine, eight and eight. I'm still going with the old records because I can't do the math to add the other game yet. I thought that game was uh, Atlanta W all day. I didn't think Philly could do anything. And there they go. Just fucking beating the piss out of them. Yeah. Well, what what I was wrong about is I thought my Buffalo Bills was going to do put on a better show. Um, uh, and they Stars. did not. They did not. They lost that game. That was bad offensive play calling. They try to do. They try to be too cute. They try to do too much. Fourth and one. They do some backwards pass to the running back that's <laughs> lined up seven yards deep. Too cute. In the backfield. Too cute. They try to be too cute and throw them off guard, and they try to go for the big shots all the time. But with that said. They're going to bounce back. They're going to bounce back and win big this week. What, what, what I was wrong about, and I'll hold myself accountable and maybe talk a little quieter and slower here, is about my G-men. Oh, um, my God. That might be the worst offensive line I have ever <laughs> seen assembled in football history. Danny Dimes, uh, I hope he has a bounce back game tonight, but that team looked like hot garbage and me saying they're going to make the playoffs looks like the dumbest fucking proclamation on earth right now. That There is no chance in hell, if they play like that, that they're going to make the playoffs this year. Danny uh, Dimes is better off taking a Lloyds of London policy out on his body with that line. <laughs> got protecting him. I, I just think – I really think the Giants are just – they're looking at a, a very much a, a Patricia-type – trajectory like that they got joe judge there who's that same type of you're doing down ups if you disrespect me i'm too cool i don't talk to the media i'm bill belichick but i'm not bill belichick like that's what you're looking at there in my opinion i don't think anybody wants to play for that guy and then fuck the giants man kenny galladay did did he even play i don't even care that guy stinks I don't know if they got the ball to him i don't know if he could add enough time to throw the ball and they him. won't the whole year he's a fraud galladay 
had the deal in Detroit. He didn't want to be here. He faked the hip injury the whole time. Fuck him and fuck the Giants. They suck. <laughs> I don't like them at all. Um, all right. What? Go. I was just going to say something that we're all right about. How bad the Jaguars and Urban Meyer is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and the icing on the cake there, too, is like the USC job has opened up. And I am just fully anticipating like week four, like Urban Meyer is not in attendance for personal reasons. And then week seven, he is like spotted house hunting in Southern California. I saw a funny meme today where Urban Meyer shows up to the Jacksonville Halloween party dressed up as the full Trojan. (laughs) And now that he said, there's no chance I'm going to go there. I even believe that. Correct. Even more now, now that that guy said that. It solidified it further with like, without it, I saw that like on Instagram or something. And I was just like, well, that's confirmed. I think he's just on the NFL sideline. Like, fuck, like what (laughs) the hell did I get myself into? Trevor Lawrence has got his first loss. They're both in uncharted waters. They don't know what to do. His one big pick also got injured right away. All right. Keeping it moving. Keeping it moving. Uh, do you guys want to do? Do you want to do some gambling? You got some locks, or you got any lookbacks more on the the week we just had? Uh, let's lock it up, baby. All let's right. look forward. Yeah, I love it. I love it. All right, we're gonna we're gonna snake draft it. We're gonna snake draft it again. So you know, first dibs on picks is how it goes. So hope everyone's got backups just in case there's a good pick. Chandler, you're gonna lead this one off, guys. These are our NFL locks of the week. Um, actually, before we get into the locks real quick, let's take a look at how we did last week. Let's take a look at how we did last week. I'm going to pull it up here. And give me a second. Give me a second. We did pretty good last week. Fizz betting 2021. Got the whole spreadsheet here. We're keeping score. All right. Thursday night football. Me and Chandler were on the Cowboys. They covered that. Plus nine. JU takes the L there. 0-1 on Thursday night football. For the Sunday games, which we're about to do right now, I myself went 2-0-1. I uh, was actually pretty mad at myself that, you know, at the Lions game, I didn't know that they got an extra half point and even a full point by the time kickoff happened. So I only had the Lions at plus eight, which, hey, hell of a backdoor cover. And we all know the rule. A push is a win. A push is a win. I'm going to mark it, obviously, as a push. I'm not going to give myself a win. But as far as betting goes, a push is always a goddamn win. So that's a yeah. fucking win. All right. Yeah. Keep making noise. I'll, I'll tell, I'll tell everyone I'm three and oh, all right. <laughs> Stillers, Stillers cover six and a half over Buffalo. Your, your boys look flat and I love, I love the bills and bills mafia, but you know, I got a special place for the Stillers and I, I still don't understand. Not that they look like world beaters or anything. Still don't understand the hate on the Steelers. Don't understand it. Don't know why people think they're going to fall off that hard. Um, and then with the, for me, with the, uh, we were a clean sweep across the board on the sheep and shark bet. We all had the saints plus four and a half. We obviously didn't anticipate all of what would happen there. Ju last week had his W with the sheep shark bet with the saints. Like I just said, also won with the dolphins plus three said they would win that game. He did say that. And they did, they did big on you, Ju. Uh, ate a little crow with the bears plus seven and a half. They didn't even come close to that. They are ass. Uh, and then Chandler had Washington football team with a pick them in the chargers. That was his only loss. Uh, but he did win with the saints sheep and shark, like I said, and then the fucking Ravens game, the Ravens Raiders. He had the Raiders plus four and a half, uh, Ju and Chandler were both on that one. Uh, I took the midnight pigeons and I should have won the game fucking six times that evening and ended up losing 
in some miraculous fashion. So that game was fucking stupid. That game that was, was crazy. Dumb. That wasn't even crazy. fun to watch. It was bad. It's a it's a it's a glimpse <laughs> of things to come for the midnight birds, as you would call them, Frank. Midnight pigeons. So I, I well, the Thursday night game was an amazing game, and the Monday night game was also an amazing game. But it felt like the Thursday night game was two good football teams, and the Monday night game was two bad football teams. That's how it felt to me. Correct. All right, into the picks for this week. I'll stop talking here, Chandler. Floor is yours. What are your picks this week? All right. So I try to go a little off the grid. We obviously know there's a couple obvious picks. Buy the half point down, take the Chiefs this week. Put your fucking house on that. That is a fucking lock, but that's not an official yep. lock yep. for Correct. me. Correct. That is not an official lock for me. I am going to go with the game where the line has moved from three points to one and a half, and I am going to take the team that Frank calls ass, ass. the Bears. Oh. I am going to take the Bears at home against the Bengals, laying one and a half points. And you know why I'm going to take it, Frank? I'm going to take it because it makes no sense. And when it makes no sense, it makes all the sense for the other team. Give me the Bears minus one and a half, home opener, ground and pound, weird type of Western game, 20 to 17 Bears behind the Red Rocket. Oh, my God. All right. Well, that is – I would just like to note that is two weeks in a row this podcast has officially picked the Bears – um, JU's probably fucking jealous over there. He's getting a hard on <laughs> thinking of playing at Soldier Field. Yeah. All right. All right. Chill. Freaking everyone out. All right. All right. JU, you're up. Who's your pick? The fucking Bears. Hey, psst, 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 psst. hey kid, want to win some money? Come here. All I got right. it. I'm I got cool. it for you. All right. For your first pick, divisional, divisional game, divisional matchup, squish the fish, Buffalo Bills bounce back plus three and a no, minus three and a half, Buffalo. That's a lock. Lock that in. Bet the fucking house on that one. Another one. Another one to bet the house on. The Dallas Cowboys plus three and a hook against the Chargers. So bet the house on that too. That is a that Cowboys line is is smelly. That's a smelly line, huh? That's kind of fishy. I don't know what's going on there. That that seems like a lot of points. Kind of makes me think Chargers blow them out kind of is nope. what, what i'm thinking nope and i'm telling you this I, I gave you i gave you hey buffalo minus three and a half um cowboys plus three and a half both teams are gonna win wow two two money line upsets there and i love that you just uh you know we were gonna do a snake thing and go around and you just you know you bulldoze two i'm glad you're this excited i really am you know you're always a smash mouth runner um and i really appreciate that out of you just kind of you know doing your own thing so my pick my pick this week, and I'm kind of in the the train of uh, you know nothing nothing makes sense, and I'm gonna I'm I'm taking things this year that make me feel uncomfortable because I've like you said, Chandler, if it makes sense, I shouldn't be taking it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do some shit here that makes me very uncomfortable. Frank of last year would never take this pick right here. Would never do it. I'm taking it right now. Uh, the Rams come into Indianapolis. Uh, for the one o'clock game on Sunday to play the Colts. And that line is actually now it's moved. It was four. Now it's three and a half. Now I'm kind of fucking nervous, but I'm going to hold with it. I'm going to hold with it. And I'm going to say Colts plus three and a half at Mm. home. Cause I got to imagine fucking 90% of the money is on the Rams, especially with the fucking Stafford suck off tour they're doing right now. Ooh, 
I got to think yeah. Frank, that that pick is all logic, no emotion, right? That is that is all Vegas logic. It is not football logic. It is it is Vegas logic, and it's it's fading myself. My brain is screaming, Rams blow them out. So I'm fading everything about it. It's the this is an uncomfortable situation for me. So Colts plus three and a half at home. All right, mm. Mm. I'm with you, man. I don't like it either. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you know what? I'm with you, Frank. I'm not going to take easy, what makes sense picks. I'm going to take the ones that look fucked up. And outside (laughs) of home underdogs on Monday night, you know what else Josh Nash, my dad likes? Inner division home underdogs. And guess who the best team looked like last week? The Nolan Saints. Well, guess what? They go into the tough atmosphere of Bank of America field, and they go to play the Carolina Panthers this week, and they lay three and a half points. I'm taking the Carolina Panthers. You've got five assistant coaches and COVID protocol for the Saints right now. Big stat. Throwing up the preparation here a little this week. Again, they're still getting a field goal. I don't know if the Panthers are going to win, but you know what? The Packers look terrible. The Saints did look great. I kind of like what the Panthers have going on, and I think Darnold is going to have a big game this week. I know I said I don't know if they're going to win, but, hey, we're out here to make predictions. I'm going to take Carolina plus three and a half, and I'm going to say they're going to beat the New Orleans Saints this week. Wow. Wow. Upset watch. Mm. Upset watch. First home win for the Pandaddies. Chandler's got them at three and a half. All right, well, I'm going to take another really disgusting pick. Uh, might as well. We're just we're piling on the trash, as Chandler would say. Um, so in the vein of division rivals and being underdogs, this one's not at home, but there are simply there are simply too many points on the table for me not to touch this one. You get even if you got the best team playing the worst team, 12 and a half points is way too many in the NFL. That's way too many. I gotta do it. I am taking the Falcons at Tampa Bay plus 12 and a half. I know they look like shit. I know Tampa looked awesome, but people forget, people forget Tampa won the Super Bowl last year. Yes, they did, but they did not look like world beaters throughout the regular season. They got their groove going as a wild card, ended up winning the Super Bowl. They're not, they're not flawless. They'll figure it out come playoff time. And I wouldn't want to play Brady in the playoffs, but week two, uh, after the, after that tough Cowboys game short, no, not a short week, long week, but Falcons covered the 12 and a half. It's too many points. Matt Ryan's a veteran. He's not going to get embarrassed like that again. Whew. I got to say something. Usually I'm the asshole that's making these silly, ridiculous <laughs> things, but you guys made me look like straight and narrow, Mr. Like Clean. conservative Mr. over Clean. here. Yeah. The, the two fires that you guys threw today. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm pooping my pants. That Colts bet could be over real quick, but that's what we're going with. Those are the locks. So Chandler, Bears, uh, minus one and a half, Panthers, three and a half, Frank, Colts, three and a half, Falcons, twelve and a half, JU, Bills, three and a half, Cowboys, three and a half. Those are those are the locks. But we have one more here, and it's the Sheep Shark bet of the week. Chandler, take it away. All right. So Sheep Shark bet of the week. If you didn't hear last week, if you didn't understand last week. Are you going to be a sheep? Are you going to follow where a, ma- the, a majority of the money is on Vegas right now? Or are you going to be a shark and go against where the public is placing their money? So I'm looking at a game. We've got another inner division game 
and it's another AFC East game this week. Yesterday, and I looked again this morning, 94% of the money on this team, 94%, 19 out of 20 people are putting money on this team right now. And the line has moved from three to five and a half now. And it, we're only halfway through the week, gentlemen. Biting so, my nails. Biting my nails. With that. It's up to <laughs> the sheep shark bet of the week oh. is the Patriots with 94% of the money on them, <laughs> minus five and a half, playing at MetLife Stadium against the New York JETS Jets, Jets, Jets. And I want to start it off with Mr. JU. JU, where do you lay on this one? Are you a sheep this week and picking the Patriots, or are you a shark this week and picking the Jets? The former. The former New York Jet with his jersey behind him. Just wanna, just wanna <laughs> toss that out there to anybody who might be new to the show. Well, like I told you guys last week, why did I bet on the Bucks last week? You said you like money, but you I like lost, money, and you lost that bet. I, I lost everyone, that bet. Clear the air there. You lost yeah, that bet. I, I like money, and Mama didn't raise a fool. You can call me what you want to call me. But man, I'm a sheep today. Oh I'm going wow! With the Whoa. Patriots, no way! Man. I already wrote down Jets. I literally already wrote it down. <laughs> oh my God! Where's the loyalty? Hey, the loyalty comes in the greenbacks that's in my pocket. <laughs> Holy shit! That one blew my fucking mind. Moe! Wow. Yeah, money over everything. All right. Well, holy shit. That kind of stole my thunder. So with everything Chandler just explained to me, 94%, that, that means the Jets are just going to cover, probably win the game. You know, I mean, it's never going to be close. The Pats will never be covering. The Jets might just blow them out. Because when you have 94% of something uh, in favor of, of the public, that never hits. That's not how Vegas works. That's not how they build the big buildings in Las Vegas. That being said, there is no fucking way in hell I am taking the Jets versus the Patriots in week two with Bilicek and a rookie quarterback. I'm just not doing it. I am also Baba Black Sheep. I'm taking the Pats, five and a half. Great points, guys. Great points. <laughs> Bill Belichick against rookie quarterbacks is always great. Patriots on a bounce back after a week one loss. The Jets stink, and that's why I'm – taking the New York Jets oh my God. five and a half points. I touched on it earlier today, interdivision home underdogs. You take them, you take them, you take them, and you will never go broke making a profit. JU, my co-host, said that earlier. You will win 60% of those bets this year. I got to go with Vegas. I got to go with the odds. I got to go with the percentages. And when 94 out of $100 bet are on a team, you know exactly what to do. Take the other team. Call me Fireman Cham this week. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Oh, my God. What a fucking delivery. All right, Chandler, with the most confidence of anyone you'll ever see taking the Bears, the Panthers, and the Jets all in one Sunday. Hot garbage, hot garbage. Holy. Just looked at, looked at that lineup. I think it went up to six. 
I, I just refreshed. Uh, well, I mean, if, you know, if anybody's listening in live, it definitely moved, you know, <laughs> no, we're still good here, man. You know, when I originally took the Colts, I'm already backtracking my Colts. Pick. Uh, when, you know, when I originally took the Colts, it was at four. So, you know, maybe, maybe a little leeway 3.75, you know, we'll see. Fuck, I like hate that pick already. Got to hold it. It makes me so uncomfortable. So uncomfortable. Oh my God. All right. Well, there it is. There's your locks of the week. Hope you guys love money. Um, and disclaimer, what, what do we say, Chandler? We're not financial advisors. Call 1-800-GAMBLER if you got a problem. Something like that. We're, we're just not officials. You know, don't listen to us. Don't gamble. All that. We're not professional consultants. There it is. Not Bang. Not financial advice. Correct. There it is. Bang. Uh, Chan Man the Fireman. That really fucking, whew, I'm, I'm warm after that one. Let's keep it moving. NFL stuff is wrapped. Really excited for uh, my Sunday on the couch this week. Ford Field was a little exhausting, kind of threw me off the rest of the week. Uh, you know, we were going in Monday with a hangover. Sunday, I'm going to be able to watch it all, and I can't fucking wait. All right, college football, we're going to touch on it very briefly here. we we'll just love a couple of takeaways from you guys, then we're going to do our locks, and then we're going to get into uh, some more goofy shit. Yeah, once again, you know, college football is back up going. Um, I love um, a lot of these small schools. I was wrong last week. Nebraska beat Buffalo. But I like the way the App State played Miami. They played them tough. Um, I love East Carolina. I love Coastal Carolina. If you ever want to watch a fun football game, watch a Coastal Carolina game. All the way playing in dirty Myrtle Beach. Uh, it's Awesome. It's an awesome atmosphere to see that. And it's great. Love it. Love, love, love college football's back. That's my take on it. I'm just ready for the lock for me. Dirty Mert. Dirty Myrtle. <laughs> so my biggest takeaway, the one game, the two games I was able to watch uh, this weekend or really paid attention to Oregon blew me away. Couldn't believe that actually happened. You know, Chandler had a Ohio state minus 14 and Chandler, you know, I got like this place in bets, you know, and I was like, I knew I'm gonna watch this Ohio state game. And I was like, I'm going to ride with Chandler here. And I was like mad at you. You didn't even know it. I didn't text you or tell you at all, but I was like kind of subliminally pissed off at you. Like, and then I started chasing that game at halftime. Cause I'm like, no way Ohio state's losing this in the horseshoe to Oregon coming from the West coast. I don't know if you guys know, I really lean on that West coast to East coast thing. So they blew my mind. And then second takeaway, um, anyone from Iowa or Iowa state listening, probably not, but that uh, Iowa state, you are not a rival to Iowa. You have, you have to beat them. And Iowa doesn't even recognize you as a rival. And you were ranked higher than them this year in your own barn. And they just took care of business. So there's no real rivalry there until you guys start winning games. Yep. Yep. Uh, and, and, and my fault, I chased down with you, Frank. I was running right next to you. Pre-game, halftime, live. Oh. I got killed by the Buckeyes this last weekend. Um, and that kind of goes into my big takeaway is, there's no really impressive looking teams outside of Alabama right now. I don't know where the college football landscape stands after week two. No one's jumping off the page. I guess you could say Oregon, but they had a less than impressive victory in week one at home. Um, I think it's Alabama and then the rest. And to be honest with you, I don't know much about many of these teams and I don't know who's frauds and who's nots right now. But I wouldn't be surprised after seeing Ohio State last week getting beat up so bad in the trenches to see them lose three or four games this year. Wow. That's, that's wild. Yeah. So let's get into the picks for the week. Um, as they both kind of – I mentioned, and then J.U. kind of breezed over, 
Uh, Chandler and Ju 0-1 with their picks last week. Buffalo did not cover 13 and a half at Nebraska, and OSU we just talked about uh, did not win 45 to 20 like Chandler predicted. They in fact lost. But but if you rode with your boy, and if you've been riding with your boy since the first couple of weeks, even before I brought the other boys on, uh, you'd be four and zero with my college picks. So just floating that out there. Iowa covers four and a half. And then I, I had, I've had, uh, had you guys covered for uh, the first three weeks. So I'm four and and it's, and don't forget it's dogs only fall. It's dogs only fall. Woof, woof. Woof, woof. All right. I'll start it off here, Frank. Um, Frank. Yes. You know who the quarterback of Northern Illinois is? Oh yeah. I don't, I don't know who that is. Quarterback of Northern Illinois is your boy Rocky. Oh my God, he's uh, he's at Northern Illinois now. He is at Northern Illinois now, and we know him all too well, man, and oh he man. knows all too well how to play in the big house. So with that, wow, Michigan laying twenty-seven this week at home against Northern Illinois. Michigan's primarily a run offense. Uh, Northern Illinois won on the road at Georgia Tech week one, played a tough game against a tough Wyoming program last week and only lost by a touchdown. Again, I think Rocky Lombardi puts up 14 to 17 points with that Northern Illinois offense. I think Michigan tries to just get through this week, stay healthy for their next game against Rutgers. Give me Northern Illinois and the Huskies plus 27 going into Ann Arbor this week. I love it. I love the pick. I love the explanation. I love everything you just said. And, uh, you know, one of the, some of these other dogs are good for a cover against Michigan. One of those real nasty, sloppy ones at home uh, that gets the Michigan base all real fired up. So I love that pick out of you, Chandler. J.U., you and me are kind of in the pickle. I'm putting the onus on you. You decide who you want to take. I got backups for days. I got picks coming out my ass. So <laughs> you can take the pick that you know I was going to go with, and I won't mind at all. But I'm not going to take it. Well, then you you do you. I don't want it. I don't want it because I don't I don't want that on me. Good, that's fine. And you're ice cold. You're all, you don't have a win yet. Neither does Chandler. I have four of them. So go ahead. I I, I don't have a win till this Saturday. Yeah, and you're uh, that Pat's bet. You know, I kind of want to switch. To you know what? I, what's ha- you do? You know what's happening on Saturday? What? What? Oh God! Are you are you eating I'm a eating W? Dubs. I'm eating dubs. <laughs> it's an audio show. You got to tell people what you're doing. He's eating a dub. <laughs> I'm eating a dub. Um. Yes. So this week. I, I had an original pick. I changed it um, at like literally right as we were talking right now. And this yeah, week I'm going with the team that in 2023, they're going to be moving to the big 12. Um, they're exciting team right now. They put up a lot of points, but I'm taking the Cincinnati Bearcats Ooh. minus three and a half over Indiana. Wow. Indiana not looking great. The Bearcats, they got our boy Fickle there. You know, wouldn't wife wouldn't let him move out of Ohio or whatever happened there. We couldn't come to Michigan State. Blessing in disguise. And uh, the, the defensive coordinator at Cincinnati is Mr. Mike Trussell, former Michigan State DC. Look at that. A lot of connections. This is a great, a great transition into my very, very, very obvious lock of the week. I'm wearing the shirt. I'm taking dogs only. The Spartan dogs have been barking through two weeks of college football. 
They're heading down to Miami. JU's got his fucking shades on. If you thought this podcast was going to let you scoot by without locking in our fucking Spartans this Saturday, plus six and a half, you're off your fucking rocker. State is going to win this game in Miami. Miami hasn't looked good. States look good, but we don't really know who they've played yet. I'm putting all the confidence in the Spartan dogs because I got none in the Lions. It all goes to State. Putting the dog fall undefeated streak on the line for my Spartan dogs. They're going to be barking down in Miami, down in the 305. Love it, Frank. Love it, Frank. Go green, baby. All right, there's our locks. There's our gambling picks. Let's move on from sports. Let's get into maybe some heavier content or lighter content, depending on how you want to look at it. But, you know, these are very controversial topics we've had. We're going to move into simple questions, complex answers. Last week, is wrestling a sport? Got fucking... JU all on a fucking tizzy because me and Chandler called it theater. And these are his favorite athletes in the world. And just for the record, a lot of people after listening last week started to send me those clippings of the U.S. The gold medal signing with WWE. A lot of people are former, DMing me. Former athlete. You're with me. Yeah. yeah That's great. So. Yeah. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of. Just letting you know. Education is an issue in the United States. We know this, you know, so there's a lot of people who aren't intellectually all caught up and they don't understand that it's, it's all. Wow. Is that that, that how you're describing the Fizz Army? No, no, I'm not. (laughs) They listen to the show. They listen to the show and then they reached out to me. Well, this is raw. This is a sport. (laughs) This is, this is a competition. This is less staged than fucking WWE wrestling. Okay. Well, hang on. That was last week. We got to get into the new question because we'll get going again. People get hot. All right. This week's question. Feel free to jump on the grenade as soon as it's dropped, whoever wants it. But this week's simple question that has a complex answer is does pineapple belong on pizza? Yes. There he is. Right away. Go ahead, Jay. That's it. Just a hot yes. No. Yes. Pineapple. You. It's, it's, it's a different flavor of hawaiian pizza you got some ham you got some pineys you got some you can even throw a little snossage on there some this ronies guy. this guy good to go thin crust of course but good to go pineapple definitely wow whoa little little uh kinda, <laughs> yeah, kinda, yeah. Kinda breeze over it, like thin crust of course that yeah. was that was a little interesting <laughs> i mean well I'll follow that up, Ju, and say I do agree with you. I don't think it has to be thin crust, of course. In fact, I'd go the other direction. I would like it a little thicker with my pizza, but I have no problem at all. And in fact, every once in a while, we'll get pineapple on my pizza, and I don't understand what people's fucking issue is with it. I think it's delicious. I love a ham and pineapple and bacon pizza from Hungry Howie's. I really enjoy that, and it's really good. Chandler, what what say you? I am going to pull a, a little argument out of JU's book. I learned from my co-host last week. So let me try a little JU impersonation real quick. Wow. JU, do you put strawberries on pizza? No. Do you put apples on pizza? I have not. Do you put oranges on pizza? I have not. How about good. bananas? I have not. This guy's still then why would you put pineapples on pizza? Because it's good. There it is. Pineapples do not belong on pizza. Pineapples are a fruit. Pineapples serve their purpose. They're great with tequila. They're great with vodka. They're great in tropical settings. And they're great to eat in the mornings. But what they're not great on is a manly 
piece wow. of pizza. You do not take a beautiful piece of pizza with the melted cheese and the crunchy crust and throw a juicy, gooey pineapple on the pizza. But Frank, Frank, wait just a sec. What is the name of this segment? Sim uh, simple questions, complex answers. I have a complex answer for you. It is not in general good on pizza unless you get a deep dish pizza from Jets only. This is and it's got pineapple, bacon, ham, and turbo crust. If it's not that combination, it's not good on pizza. But I had to give a complex answer, and that is the only setting from the only place you can put pineapple on pizza. Other than that, scrape it off and throw it in the trash. That, that right there is asinine. What you just said is, is asinine. Because what you're saying is you do enjoy pineapple on pizza as long as it's made the way you like it. So if it's made just another way, like, which I would probably agree, a thin crust with like a round circle piece that's like, you know, flat cut of a pineapple, that probably wouldn't be good to me. I love the, the, the pineapple you're discussing. I think your issue is just based on public opinion and some made up principle that people believe in. Like I used to live in Chicago for a couple of years. There are hot dog snobs out there that just say you can't put ketchup on a hot dog. I, I bet you every single one of those assholes out there would enjoy ketchup on a hot dog. And if it was the last thing on earth, they'd eat it. It's not that they don't like it. They just think that there's some taboo about putting ketchup on a hot dog. And that's what pineapple on a pizza is. Most people actually probably like it, but they, they just think that it's, it's wrong. They think that because public opinion has told them it's wrong, that it's wrong to do that. When in reality, it's just fine. And you are a perfect use case of that saying you don't like it and then at the tail end unless it's you know prepared this way then i fucking love it and i'll order a whole i'll spend my money on it what is taboo is putting a piece of juicy fruit on a pizza that is what's taboo and like i said in one instance it's all right it's acceptable no but in every other circumstance scrape it off and throw it in the trash the fruits the fruits are different the fruits are different they're they're not you just, you don't get to blanket, say it's a fruit, so it doesn't belong. They're all, they all are wildly different. You, you don't know, eat fruit hot. Is you don't eat fruit hot. Is a tomato a fruit or a veggie? A veggie. Fruit. We don't know. Fruit. Pizza is like 90% tomatoes. <laughs> and that's hot as shit. Let me ask you something, Chandler. Ooh, you, that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> you hit him right yeah, there. Chandler, let me, let me ask you something. Do you like pie? You a pie guy? No. I'm not, not a fruit pie guy. No. Damn it. Well, that kind of stops my argument because I was going to say, if you like fucking warm apple pie, which you should, honestly, this hurts your opinion because who the hell is going to take food opinion from a guy who doesn't like pie? Who doesn't like Frank, apple pie? Frank, Frank, this He's is not American. He's not American. Sensitive subject. You just hit a nerve with me because growing up, there is a reason why I don't like apple pie. Growing up, my dad loved apple pie and know what he did? He topped a little extra topping on his apple pie that hurt me and haunted me forever. My dad would reach in the fridge, take out a big block of Alveda cheese, yes! cut the cheese up, throw it on top of the apple pie, and throw it in the microwave. And he would eat apple pie and Velveeta. It was and yellow. Since I've seen that, I have been traumatized. But it seems like we have one other person who's thought of that before. Yeah, that's a normal thing. 
That's not. Is it yellow? Yes. It's yellow. Yes. That is appalling. That's sickening. It's apple pie. Just for the record, traditionally, I would eat it with some vanilla ice cream. Yeah, yes, like a fucking I have normal had it with American. Cheese on it. I have had it with cheese on it, and it's not bad. It's quite nice. So no, you, it's yes, quite nice. It's quite nice. It's quite sickening. <laughs> fucked up. Your dad, your dad has good betting advice. I will not take his fucking pie advice, though, Chandler. <laughs> and I won't take your fruit advice. We are running up against over under. We're done with simple questions, complex answers, unless someone feels like they got gypped out of saying something. Me and JU had the correct opinion, even though JU kind of ruined it with liking the cheese thing. And now I'm kind of on Chandler's side and I'm still shaky on the Colts overall. But let's jump into over under sent by my boy, Jerry. A lot of people last week texting me, how did Jerry get his job back? And to be quite honest with you, I kind of forgot I fired him from it and I forgot he had a whole tantrum. Realistically, I just asked him to do it again because he's the best at doing it and he listens to every show. And I'm saying something nice, saying something nice about Jerry, you know, loyal fan. He's helped me out with the show a lot, a lot of support. So I appreciate it. He is still my overweight uh, accountant friend in Cleveland. He sends me a list of five items. I've never seen him before. Chandler's never seen him. Neither is JU. We go through them. We tell you if those items are over or underrated. With the added member of Chandler this year, we are going down to five items. Five items, short and sweet. Let's get it rolling. Uh, Ju, you're leading off because I said so. Number one in the email from Jerry, LGRW to lead it off. Always appreciate that very much. A Red Wings podcast. Number one, Ju, over underrated the Met Gala. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, Jerry's I, good. Jerry's good. good. Um, 30, 30, 30 grand a ticket oh. to get in. Um, it's a, a place of who's who, a place to be seen. The latest trends in fashion comes out. Definitely, in in the greatest city of all time is held. Definitely underrated. Wow, the Met Gala underrated in Ju's opinion. Uh, that sounds fine. I actually saw someone. I'm jumping right in, Chandler. You're going to go third. Uh, I saw someone describe it as rich, uh, rich people cosplay, uh, which I thought was hilarious. I thought that was a very good description of it. Thirty grand a ticket. Um, I don't understand it. I don't understand the fashion for me. It doesn't, none of that actually looks fashionable for me. So I don't know if it's just for statements, if it's just to be seen or like what it is. So I don't really fucking get it. And it seems really expensive. Um, what it is a big win for is the internet. We get a lot of memes out of it. We get a lot of funny pictures. I mean, Kim Kardashian looked like an unlocked player or a locked player in a video game that you haven't, you haven't unlocked her yet. I don't fucking get it. And it seems to cause a lot of stir for no reason at all. You just dress like an asshole and then you get a lot of publicity. I'm saying it's overrated. I don't fucking get it. And just so you know, every year the Met Gala has a theme to it. And so this year's theme was American independence was the theme of this year's Met Gala. Really? Okay. Themes help, but I still don't get it. (laughs) What Uh, was, what was, fuck it. Go ahead, Chandler. I saw some of the pictures from the Matt Gala and it, it didn't scream American independence. Yeah, wouldn't but- you dress like a patriot, like an actual like Paul Revere when you ride horses into it? Whatever. Go ahead. Fashion. Come up with it. the theme. I'm just telling you what the theme was. I've had this polo since 08. So what do I know about Pat- fashion? Uh, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. $30,000 ticket. Uh, it looks like a test run for celebrities for Halloween in the next couple of weeks. 
Uh, I don't know what the fuck it is. I don't. I, is it just a dinner? Is it? Yeah, art? you eat. You get it, food. I, I I don't I don't even know what it is. So maybe coming from a place of ignorance or or uneducation, um, I'm going to say that the Met Gala is overrated. But listen to the Gucci Mane song, Met Gala, great song. The Met Gala is for the the art museum, the Metropolitan Art Museum, and the proceeds and stuff like that. Some of it goes to schools and for the arts and everything like that. That's why it's like, you know, that 35 grand for a ticket and everything like that. But yes, I do agree. It's absurd costumes and everything. Like I totally agree. It's over the top, but I love it. It's underrated. I love it. I love the opinion. Thanks for the insight, J.U., because clearly me and Chandler had no, no idea. I'm asking why I asked why they didn't ride horses. Number two on the list, uh, Chandler, you're leading off because we're snaking it. Peyton, Eli, Monday night broadcast. You know what? This one, you know, I flicked it on. I flicked it around. I don't really like these alternate pod or these alternate broadcasts in general. They really just don't do too much for me because it seems like they're always trying too hard to be something different. But plain and simple, Peyton Manning fucking rocks. And anything that guy does is awesome. I am not a fan of alternate broadcasts, but I am a huge fan of Peyton Manning. So I am going to go and back my boy Peyton and say that that broadcast was underrated and it was entertaining. Hell yeah. I love it. And I'm right with you. So I didn't watch it, but I didn't watch that broadcast at all. And like, I didn't tune into it. I saw the videos after on the internet and stuff and, and those seem good. And that's kind of how I would like to digest it. So I guess if we're looking at the holistic version of it, Hey, I love Peyton Manning too. You know, Eli's Eli. I love how they kind of interact. But to be honest, even if I wanted to watch that, I would not sit down and like watch those two call plays the whole time. Not something that really interests me. I'd rather just watch the game. And in fact, I'd rather watch like the Nickelodeon broadcast and kind of just watch the two brothers, like, you know, make big head jokes the whole time. So I'm actually, you know, I was leaning underrated on this, but I'm, I would never watch it. So the broad, I, it's nothing against Peyton Manning. It's just exactly what you said. I think they're trying too hard to just like insert them into anything they can. So I'm going to say that broadcast is overrated. And speaking of Nickelodeon, Kyler Murray won the NVP for week one this past week, just in case you missed that one. Huge, huge. Um, I would disagree with Chandler on the fact that he doesn't like alternate broadcast. I love the game of football. I Whoa. love it. Um, I think these alternate broadcasts brings different eyes to the game of football, like the Nickelodeon, the slime ones when the touchdown scores, the Manning brothers. They bring different eyes for casual viewers who might not watch football on a day, who might not be degenerate gamblers like we are and want to watch the broadcast and actually hear, you know, hey, the injury report and everything like that. But these guys do bring it. And actually, if you watch it, you actually get a sense into what's going on, on like a call in place, different things like that. You get a unique um, view of it. And it's, I think it's like tailored to the casual football viewer who just wants to sit there and be entertained for three hours and not the de degenerates like we are, who wants to make sure our parlays hit. But with that said, very, I thought it was underrated. I love it. I love it. I love it. Love it. Moving on. Number three on the list. Um, I will leave this one off. Um, popcorn. Popcorn is on the list. Um, great item here. Here's the deal. I am never craving popcorn. I never think to make popcorn. I'm not sitting there like, man, I would love some goddamn popcorn, but, uh, my wife's really into popcorn. And whenever she makes popcorn, I get it in front of me and then I eat half the bag and I'm like, man, I should eat more popcorn. I fucking love popcorn. 
always get at the movie theater. Popcorn's underrated. It's a staple. You know what, Frank, I agree. And know what popcorn's about too? It's about the experience. You hear the cackling, the popping of the popcorn that's on the stove or in the machine. You go to the movie theater, you set the straws up underneath the butter dispenser, put the oil down into the the bottom of the rig, into the bottom of the bag, and then you throw three pounds of salt on it and suck it down with the Slurpee. Oh, yeah. I think popcorn is vastly underrated. Peacorn, baby. Original popcorn, butter popcorn, Oral Redenbacher, Garrett's popcorn, cheddar popcorn, caramel corn, cheese corn, Chicago mix popcorn. You give me any kind of popcorn, I am all fucking in. Underrated popcorn. And to any longtime listeners out there, JU's best Christmas gift, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> JU's best Christmas gift. Bought, bought his lady like a Rolex and he got... A tin of popcorn. A tin of popcorn with three flavors. What up? Welcome to the NFL. Number four. Number four. The zoo. The zoo. Who's got an opinion on the zoo? I'll take this. I think the zoo's fucking terrible place. It's uh, (laughs) overrated. I will never take my kid to the zoo to see animals in their unnatural habitats. And don't get me wrong. I'm not a PETA guy or anything like that. I just think the zoo's... uh, waste of time i wouldn't terrible 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 it is not lost on me that the zoo is um you know it's it's you know i'm not sitting there going like man it's nice to have an elephant in the middle of royal oak here you know i (laughs) you gotta wonder how it got there and you know they probably tranked it didn't treat it well threw it on whatever the hell they threw it on it got here that is not lost on me the idea of the zoo the whole fucked up of putting animals in cages is is not a good thing but like you i'm also not a PETA guy and I do enjoy the zoo. I like looking at the animals, you know, and I will take my future kid to the zoo and I will enjoy the zoo and I have good memories at the zoo. So I can't call the zoo overrated, even though it's not lost on me that the whole concept of the zoo is fucked up. But you're never going to see any protests in Out Mountain Woodward to, to shut down the Detroit Zoo. And I think the water tower looks really cool. So I'm going to say it's underrated. Yeah, I'm with you on this one, Frank. You know what? It's it's educational for the younger kids. Um, the zoo brew is great. Yeah. Wine and beer and walking around the zoo. Yeah, it's educational. Like gorilla throwing shit against the glass window or, or a lion roaring at you. Um, and, and, you know, my grandma actually donated a brick at the zoo in my name. Brick so guy. I guess I'm an unofficial, official donor to the Detroit Zoo. So with that, the zoo is underrated. Chaney zoologist. <laughs> Number five, last on the list, close out the show. Uh, mowing your own lawn. Mowing your own lawn. But let me just, I'm just going to take this one right by the horns here. Um, I've mowed two lawns in my life. Uh, I grew up, had a guy cut my lawn. That same guy cuts my lawn because I live by my parents. He's a nice guy, cut my lawn. I don't cut lawns. I cut two lawns in my life. Did one for a friend while he was out of town. And I hit the like dog thing that they, that they had in the lawn to keep the dog there. They didn't pull it out. I hit it, broke the blade, broke the fucking mower. Uh, and then like a couple of weeks ago, I actually mowed my own lawn because lawn guy had hip surgery. So I had to mow my own. Looked like shit. Don't enjoy it. Don't care. Have no dreams of like having 40 acres and mowing my own goddamn lawn over, over fucking rated. Just get someone else to do it. I, I, you know what, Frank, um, I moved into my new house in July. We hadn't lived here for a month. So Matt, shout out to my next door neighbor, Matt. He came over. He said, Hey, I got you until you moved in. I'll mow your lawn. And then we moved in and he just kept mowing my lawn. And he continues to this day to mow my lawn for me. So I don't have a lawnmower. 
I haven't mowed my lawn in about 15 to 20 years. Yeah. I think we used a pair of scissors or maybe hedge trimmers in college when we had to cut our grass. But other than that, there was no grass, it was just dead. I, I, I don't, I don't mow my lawn. Thank you, Matt, for doing it for me. So because of that, mowing your own lawn's overrated. Well, I'll just say, blunt. I make too much damn money to mow my own lawn. I'll pay some kid to do it. Overrated. My man played in the motherfucking league. <laughs> and that will end the fucking Fizz episode 64. Thank you for tuning in. Tune in next week. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to write a review. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, everything in between. Tell your friends. Tell a friend about the podcast if you enjoyed it. And we will be back next week after week two with some hot and spicy picks. Good luck with all your bets this week. See you guys next week. Peace out. Thank you, guys. See ya. Here I am in the place where I come let go. In Miami, the base and the sunset low. Every day like a Mardi Gras. Everybody party all day. No work, all play, okay? So we sip a little something, lay the rest to spill. Me and Charlie at the bar, running up a high bill. Nothing less than ill when we dress to kill. Every time the ladies pass, they be like, Can y'all feel me? All ages and races, real sweet faces. Every different nation, Spanish, Haitian, Indian, Jamaican. Black, white, Cuban, or Asian. I only came for two days of playing, but every time I come, I always wind up staying. This the type of town I can spend a few days in Miami, the city that keeps the roof blazing. Party in the city where the heat is on all night on the beach till the break of dawn. Welcome to Miami, bienvenido a Miami. Bouncing in the club where the heat is on all night on the beach till the break of dawn.